0: We're talking movies, we're talking 2020s on the rocks, written by Sofia Coppola, starring Bill Murray, Rashida Jones, and Marlon Williams. Chris, it must be very nice to be
1: you. Actually, actually, it is. But what I have to say is here's the plaza. This is the place to have an affair, it has the most exits. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How'd You Like That Movie. As Scott said, we're covering On The Rocks, a 2020, actually came out September 2020 of this year at the New York Film Fest, and it was released on Apple TV October 23rd. Uh, It stars Rashida Jones, Bill Murray, and Marlon Wayans. So Scott, why don't you take us away?
0: Yeah, like, so this film is the first film in a multi-year, multi-film deal with Apple Plus and A24 production company. That is correct. So if you don't know which movies they've made, uh, Moonlight, Uncut Gems, Hereditary, and Lady Bird. All of those are fantastic films. Yeah, and I got to say, if this film is kind of the stepping stone or the foundation of what this deal is going to be, it's very good on Apple. I enjoyed the shit out of this film.
1: Did you now? I did. (laughs) You didn't? We'll, we'll we'll get to my perspective on this because I've got a whole lot to unpack before I even get into talking specifically about this film. But yeah, why don't you? I'll just riff off you for a bit because pe- people already know that once I get on a roll, I'm basically a fucking prick. So let's just let's just soothe the, soothe the, the 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 savage beast here, and, and you do your thing. Yeah, like I thought.
0: Like this movie for me worked perfectly because the story was simple, consents, and more importantly, it's relatable. It's like the main plot and the subplot both are relatable events and circumstances that it just drew me in. Like, okay, and but Bill just Murray because... stole the show
1: too. Fuck, you're gonna get fucking bitch slapped today, anyway. Just because a story is 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 well written in its concept doesn't mean it's well executed so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna push back immediately on that like you're like oh the the plot and the subplot work well together that's great there's the in, in film though in movies there's an execution that has to happen so that needs to translate to the screen so, so how did
0: it not translate for you because it definitely, okay. definitely translated for me
1: so first off before i eviscerate this film okay, okay. like just totally fucking dismember it I I'm basically, I want to put out there right away. I'm a very big fan of Sophia Coppola. Um, you know, she is, uh, and we actually have to talk about her. We can't totally separate her from her films. Like you can admit, maybe other directors because she's Sophia Coppola, the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola. Like just listen to like this. So her dad is obviously the super famous Francis Ford Coppola apocalypse. Now the Godfather series, um, She's the niece of Talia Shire, who is Adrian and Rocky, uh, Connie Corleone in The Godfather. Her brother is Roman Coppola, another uh, astute filmmaker. Uh, Her cousin is Jason Schwartzman and Nicolas Cage. Like, this is Hollywood royalty. Uh, Actually, when I was doing my research for this, uh, she's one of a few families because her grandfather, her, and her father all have Oscars. So this, like, like multi generational Oscar family, so this is the like the lens we we start with or we see her work through. So pri- privileged, you know, director, absolutely, but her work definitely stands for it on on its own. First off, you I can see you looking at me. so yeah, you like, want to comment on there first?
0: I, I I don't think her parentage or her lineage constitutes like like she has established herself on her own right like she doesn't have to be francis for coppola's daughter anymore she's just fucking sofia coppola
1: sure I, and we're, i'm going to talk specifically about her work but you can't pretend that you know for example so her first uh her first film was uh kiss the star which i watched today which is a 14 uh 14 minute black and white 16 millimeter short it you know showed on the independent film channel her first film first feature film um was uh wasn't the, v- uh, yeah, the virgin uh yeah the virgin suicides sorry i had i had everything else bold and i couldn't see it so virgin suicides is her first feature film it gets nominated at the 1999 Khan film fest um as well uh is a fantastic uh, like film she works with kirsten dunce on that um then she goes and does Marie Antoinette, which I actually think, so Lost in Translation is her her big film, right? It won the Academy Award for Best Screenplay, nominated for Best Picture, nominated for Best Director. I mean, I thought, think that was her second film or third film. Like, that's super, super impressive, and it's a beautiful film. And I would say that Lost in Translation is the Sofia Coppola, I mean, she's early in her career, but as it stands right now, is the Sofia uh, Coppola as Goodfellas is to Martin Scorsese. It takes all the filmmaking techniques that she is known for and does really well and puts them all together in one perfectly designed film. Um, mm. So I love that film. I love Marie Antoinette, which again, she works with Kristen Dunst again. Uh, basically it's a, I would describe Marie Antoinette as a, watercolor rock and roll film like the aesthetic of it is astounding beautifully cast uh it's it's just it's 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 just such an enjoyable fill art film to watch and she is definitely like an art film uh director so you know we've got lost in translations we've got marie antoinette we've got her short film which again like we she's she goes to her first feature film and she's already at the con film festival um so let's let's just i'm gonna just stop right there so that's why it's important to talk about the fact that she's Francis Ford Coppola's daughter, because she has the kind of access that regular directors don't have at the beginning of her career. She, all her stuff has been done by American, uh, I don't know how you say the last word, Z- Zerotrope, her dad's production company, has produced every single one of her movies. You, he, she openly talks about how she collaborates, like, as far as discussionary with her dad, which is fine, because the work is still good. But that's why you can't talk about Sofia Coppola without talking about that lineage.
0: Okay. So I'm going to stop right. there. I'm going to let you
1: kind of yeah. take some air back.
0: Yeah, I just think, you know,
1: like you're
0: very long-winded on, on that whole thing. Like, <laughs> but I think her accomplishments, again, just speak for itself. Like, it doesn't, Like to me, it doesn't matter that her dad's production company produced it, right? Like, okay, so he's getting a piece 'Cause he's getting paid too. For... Yeah, but
1: it helps to make it happen. Filmmaking's expensive. Access yes. like and she grew up with like access to all these kinds of stars. She went to these fantastic schools. But I actually I, I agree with you. I don't want to dwell on this. I right. just think my point is, is that you just you can't pretend that she isn't a Coppola. No, you you don't pretend
0: it, but I think you can just say, you know you don't have to shine the not shine the light, but it doesn't have to be the first thing on her name. Like she's Francis Ford Coppola's doctor. She could have just been director, Sophia Coppola. And by Academy the way, Academy award winning. Exactly. And then, you know, her dad's her, her dad's done some shit too.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Her dad's done some stuff. Okay. So first <laughs> off, before I get too much into her body of work and there's a reason I'm doing this. So I, I want our audience to understand that I actually very much respect her as a director. She works with great cinematographers. She's a great auteur. Um, director, basically, a notor director is someone who make the film is their own. Even when they do remakes, she it's like Hitchcock falls into that category, mm-hmm. as well as as people like Scorsese. Um, so I think she's 100% a notor director. Um, most of her films, I think, if not all of them, are written by her and directed by her, which mm-hmm. has its advantages and disadvantages. I mean, if you've written the screenplay, you kind of already have a bit of the vision in your head. Um, do you have so I've watched all of her work like all of it? Like I said like going back to their short film. So, of the work that you've seen of hers, what do you like? I liked this one, obviously. Yeah, I
0: like this one a lot. I liked Virgin Suicides mm-hmm. and I liked the Bling Ring. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Marie Antoinette. It's
1: right? good. I mean, it's set. In, you know, the time period of Marie Antoinette. So it's very <laughs> regal and it's very... Oh, you're baroque. just selling me on this movie. Oh, fuck, I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Um, so I would say, like, in, in order, I would say Lost in Translation is, is, their, is her best film, followed by Marie Antoinette, then Virgin Suicides, although that's a toss-up. They're, they're very different films. Uh, the Beguiled is fantastic with Nicole Kidman. Uh, it's kind of a gothic noir... Uh, set in uh, the South during the Civil War, um, then and it won Best Director at the 2017 Cannes Film Festival and nominated for the Palme d'Or. Uh, then I would say The Bling Ring, uh, which was also at the 2013 Cannes Film, Cannes film Festival. Uh, then somewhere won the 2010 Venice Film Festival, and then I would say Kiss the Star, her short film. Then by a country mile, this absolute piece of garbage that she created so i like all her work again i've given you the, the the range that i like her work i think she does amazing stuff she's got a visual sensibility because of her time in um the fashion industry and i i actually have two quotes this time because i had to take a legacy quote so i have one from the globe of mail that i'll use later but so fiona underhill from J- jump cut online had this to say about the film this, by an extremely wide margin, Coppola's worst film. Rashida Jones is also a fantastic actress who deserves a much better starring role than this. For fans of Coppola's work, it is hard to see how this can be anything other than a disappointment. And you know what, Miss Fiona Underhill, I a hundred percent fucking agree with you. This this film was boring. It slogged on. Really. <clears throat> also. I like Rashida Jones who in she was in one of my favorite movies, Jesse and Celeste Forever, which she also wrote. Uh, she's an I Love You Man. She even has a podcast by Bill called Bill Gates and Bill Gates and Rashida Jones ask big questions. Um, and Bill Murray is also like uh, one of my favorite actors. Every single actor in this, the dialogue was flat. There was no chemistry between the actors. The the last scene where like they're like having their big moment, uh, Rashida Jones and Marlon Wayans was like like school student film level acting. And so that's, some of that's on the actors and some of that's on the fucking director, man. Cause the director has to get what they need to get this. Like, I would not recommend this film to anybody except a cinematographer with the fucking sound off. Really? Yes. Really? Uh, like I,
0: I do. I, I really like the cinematography on this, but I think I enjoyed the dialogue too. That's, that's the problem. Like, we yeah we are like fucking this this is we're like a
1: country mile. Th- apart this is
0: definitely a fucking COVID movie because we are six feet apart on this, <laughs> right? Like we're social distanced because yeah, like I enjoyed it. We I watched it with my wife and my oldest.
1: How did they like it?
0: Um, my wife enjoyed it as well, and she doesn't really enjoy the movies we pick, okay. right? Um, the only thing she was upset about in spoilers was that. She honestly, she bought into him having the affair. Are you as fucking
1: she, serious? As she was, Has your wife had a lobotomy? It, that she, was telegraphed so badly from the beginning. It's so obvious. Te- oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It is so obvious that that's the setup. That, like, it's not going to be an affair. There's just too much there. And, you know, like, going in, I'm like, like... Uh, I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, this guy's being a super douche. Actually, the the husband's still kind of a super douche, like, uh, outside of the affair. Um, really? How is he a douche, though? Well, he's just very distant, and he's always at work and stuff it, like that. Which he was trying to provide. See, I think that's... See,
0: I related to the Marlon Williams person. Because you're always
1: slaving away at the old Blue Star Mine there?
0: Yeah, because if I'm working, like, working, and then I have this, too. Like, I'm always trying to do as much as i can for the family, right? Like and then again, like by doing that i i've distanced myself from them, right? Cuz i don't get to spend that much time with them. And that's what i was saying i think that's why the um the subplot technically of the movie about the dad having the affair and this this whole point was him trying to spend some more time with his kid after, even though there's the Cordia. You know, I knew you were going to
1: like this just because it had a fucking family component to it. It,
0: it, it, But it's a well-written family component, right? Like, to me, like, what I saw between Bill Murray and and Rashida Jones, like their relationship. And I don't think it was in terms of an affair or anything like that, but I, I really think that was Sophia writing about her experience with her dad. Cause he was this famous director. He was away so much. Right. That's possible. And, and, and who knows if there was an affair or anything, but I doubt it. But no, I think that,
1: I, I mean, he's still married to yeah, her mom. So. so
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, and that's kind of reconciling that. And that's probably, I don't, to be honest, I don't know her personal life, but if she has kids or whatever, like she's probably seeing that she's going through the same thing with her own kids while she's making all these movies. Right. And it's, it's, and that's what I'm saying. Like everything here was relatable. Like when you're in a marriage or you're in your relationship, you always have that one moment where something happens and you just, kind of snap you just think like fuck are they having an
1: affair you mean like when you start recording a podcast and your wife thinks you're having an affair
0: yeah i'm, I'm fucking glad after five <laughs> months of recording we actually released these things so she didn't actually think it would, we were having an affair <laughs> and now i get to play it every every episode she gets to actually see that we're actually recording this but
1: so one of the things okay i can't believe i'm gonna say this but I guess one of the good things about this film, and I'm air quoting, because I to me, I don't think it's good. But I mean, if you are A24 or you're Sofia Coppola or anybody, if you're Apple, I would say that this is one of the more accessible, other than maybe Lost in Translation, but more accessible, less arty Sofia Coppola films. Like if you go through all her work, some of like, there, lots of her films I can sit there and I'm like, man, this, this scene's too long, but I can see what she's trying to do as an artist. This felt a little more commercial. Um, and that might actually be the problem is like a 24 might've said to her, like, Hey, Apple is putting some money in here. She may not have had the same amount of control, but I mean, she fucked that. She wrote the screenplay. She directed the thing and, and daddy's production company put it out. So <laughs> she is going to wear it all, but I can see how, um, non cinemaphiles um, will f- probably find this film a little more, uh, or a little easier to, sorry, engage than some of her other stuff.
0: Sure. Uh, what, what you said there just sounded dirty calling me a cinemaphile but
1: uh <laughs> well think about it so the Rotten Tomato scores for all her other movies are lower than this one um except for Lost in Translation like Lost in Translation and the Virgin Suicides uh score were the only ones where the audience had them kind of in the same spot so mm-hmm. the the you know critics like this film uh it got a it has an 86 percent on Rotten Tomatoes which is not accurate. It should that's wrong. But the audience only gives it fifty percent. Which is weird, because I mean I would think that I would probably fall in more in line more with the critics, and I'm definitely on the audience's side with this. This is I, I would give it less than fifty percent.
0: Yeah, I know, like you're you're doing that quote. I also have a quote here from uh Alfonso Durable from the rap. Jones and Murray who previously teamed on Coppola or Coppola's A Very Murray Christmas special. Oh my god,
1: that was fucking unwatchable. Unwatchable. I had I was like fast forwarding through sections, and I was like, that's it. I can't even do this. That is sorry, that is the worst Sophia Coppola thing. That th- unwatchable.
0: But you gotta go back to schools and learn some manners, because I let you talk when okay, you're okay, saying your okay. your quote. But they achieved the kind of effortless rapport that spawns. I want them to go solve mystery memes. And the key ingredient of that chemistry is that Jones never allows Murray to steal the show.
1: Yeah, because nobody stole the fucking show. I I think they both did. They both had the the rap-a-tat. No, 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 no. Bill Murray was a wasted talent in this film. He was, like, flat. He had little, little... Every once in a while, he had something fun. Rashida Jones, who's a fantastic actor and comedically funny, also flat and boring. And, I mean, like, Marlon... It's Marlon Wayne. It's like, he... He he was just the foil to them, right? So he's kind of got like a secondary role, anyway. Well, yeah, he was the MacGuffin. Yeah, he but... played that fine. Mike, okay, I guess maybe he stole the show then. <laughs> he was a cameo. <laughs> um. Well, let's 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 talk about the actors here. So, uh, well, first off, so box office, it had a really limited run. Uh, it made eight hundred and forty six thousand at the box office, but it, it was essentially made for the streaming service. Like me, I'm guessing you couldn't find the budget.
0: Like a production budget? No. No, I can't. And I think, well, I don't know why, but I think it's because there isn't um, a long theatrical run, right? Well, and also
1: because it's made inside of the umbrella of this Apple Plus uh, uh, arrangement. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess.
0: However much, yeah, because from what I read with that deal no figure like no actual fig, they didn't have the actual amount that this deal was worth or how many actual films I've just got like multi de- year multi year multi film that's all I got too right so, um do you think so it comes in at
1: 96 minutes too yeah, long too th- short
0: no i thought it was perfect i thought the um, the length of the movie was great right like and i honestly did not find myself bored the whole time like i thought yeah, like I, w- I was fucking mesmerized by those those Bill Murray eyes, right, and his suave suave debonair.
1: Did you? Uh, well, let's talk about Mr. Murray. Um, do you have a? What? What? Give, give me some of your favorite Bill Murray roles or or films. Favorite,
0: um, Stripes. Yep. Groundhog Day. Yep. Ghostbusters, obviously. Hundred percent. Um. Oh fuck.
1: What else? Well, what did he do? So I've got... I liked him in Little Shop of Horror. He had a little role in that. Uh, Kingpin.
0: Yeah, he was getting
1: Kingpin. Uh, he's Meatballs. In ton- fucking, I love yeah, him. Yeah, Meatballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in tons of Wes Anderson, but I love him in uh, The Life Aquatic as Steve Zuzu. Um, yeah, like that very Merry Christmas was fucking horrible. Do you know he actually got... A, he got a Best Actor nomination for his role in Lost in Translation.
0: Yes, I did know that.
1: So interesting. So when I was looking... Into him for this podcast. So uh, on his birthday, his 20th birthday, September 21st, 1970, the police arrest Murray at Chicago's O'Hare Airport for trying to smuggle 10 pounds, or here in Canada, 4.5 kilos, of marijuana with intent to distribute. And he gets probation. Probation. <laughs> and the reason he got caught is because he gets on the plane and he's joking with the people and like beside him about how he's got a bomb in his suitcase. Like fucking Jesus! <laughs> when you're carrying drugs, maybe don't draw more attention to yourself. <laughs> um, have you seen any of uh, Rashida Jones's work? Other stuff? Yeah, like, like The Office, fuck, or yeah, The Office. What
0: was the um... Perks and Rack? The um, the one. I'm fucking blanking on the name right now, but the one with um, mm-hmm. the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because now I'm fi- Lonely Island guy.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Jesse and Celeste Forever.
0: Yes. I love that film, man. Yeah. It's so good. Where she kind of wants and breaks up, and he's, like, super
1: nice, and he's like, well, okay. And in, what I love about that film, if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. Uh, it's, like, one of those indie rom-coms, but it flips the script. So, spoiler alert, the the best part about that is you think... It's gonna be like the typical way because she's got like the great job and stuff, and he just like moves on and is doing fucking awesome and she's like eating eating uh salad dressing at and falling asleep beside the pool and smoking cigarettes and just being like a shit show it's awesome <laughs> uh she actually she co-wrote that really yep oh, I uh like I said, and she's got a podcast with Bill Gates, so that's pretty awesome. Do you know who her dad is
0: uh yes who he's a music producer he's yeah he is he is quincy jones
1: po- quincy jones mr michael jackson himself mister M- isn't it like motown <laughs> like, yeah but also, wouldn't it didn't be mr motown well okay mr <laughs> motown and michael jackson and like some of the biggest people in music have worked with uh with uh, quincy jones so i mean again she comes from a pretty solid pedigree um and let's not leave uh, mr marlon Wayne's off uh fantastic role in requiem for a dream obviously if you're what over 40 you remember in living color he wasn't in in Living Color. Uh, he uh, was on the show occasionally. It's his brother's show. No, he was he not
0: on the other show that was after Living Color. That was him and Sean Wing's, like the Wayne
1: brothers. Well, he's on that show, but he was also in in Living Color. Was he? Yes, he was. And then, of course, writer for Scary Movie and Scary uh, Scary Movie Two, which he was also in.
0: Yes. Do you know that that was the highest grossing slasher movie? of all time
1: really a scary movie yeah more than scream yeah oh wow i mean and then that spawned all those sequels right yeah and then uh white chicks which he also was a writer and producer so which which is my eight-year-old son's favorite movie thanks to netflix it's very funny (laughs) but he watches it over and over again um so like i said uh I, I really just didn't like this movie. I think basically I, I went into this film with some expectations that were clearly, clearly not met. And that's um,
0: the problem. I went in with this movie with no expectations and was pleasantly surprised.
1: You were pleasantly surprised? Yeah, it, was, it sounds I, like it.
0: I, I loved this movie. I'm going to watch it again after
1: this. So my, kind of the last thing I'm going to say on this is – so first off – um. Uh, Sophia Coppola reworked with the uh, director of photography, uh, Philippe uh, Lessard, uh Philippe Lessard, who she worked with on um, Beguiled. Um, and he's got an A- Academy Award nomination for The Grandmaster, which I definitely want to see. Uh, I guess it has to do with like uh, Wing Chun, like uh, yeah, Wing Chun and like that Ip Man kind of stuff. But I mean, if it's got an Academy Award for cinematography, like that's got to be pretty impressive.
0: Now, before you sign off here, in terms of the cinematography, was it just me, or did the movie get wider and wide? Like it starts wide, like every scene's wide, mm-hmm. like they're far apart, and then while the movie progresses by the end, everything's close and intimate.
1: That is possible. I didn't notice that, but that that's quite possible that she did that. Uh, I'll. I'm not going to go back and watch this, but if you watch it again, yeah, let me know about that. Um, Like I said, she did do some really, uh, there is some really nice shots uh, and use of like color blocking and costuming. Um, One of the issues I actually have, and this is super petty, but I mean, what the fuck? Oh, it
0: is you. You Um, You're a petty person.
1: (laughs) Is that she has her character who's like not what I would call like cool in any sense of the word. And she's wearing wearing all this, like, cool, like, New York fashion, like, uh, uh, Beastie Boys shirt and a Run DMC shirt and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're, you're not hip. Like, I just don't see that character as wearing that stuff. But it could also be because they're rich and that's fucking trendy, too. But anyway. Who are, you,
0: the- are you talking about Rashida Jones? Yes. So the, the lady that, you know, as a character signed uh, and she was writing a novel yes. that she couldn't write. Yes. But she wrote one before.
1: Yes. So she That's wouldn't it? She, 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 does she does be have to do she wouldn't like
0: trendy a... and hippie before the kids. Like, do you remember Maybe. yourself before I just, kids?
1: I just didn't see it. But I, it, it is also a theme in a lot of uh, Sofia Coppola's films is that, like, her, her main characters and stuff will wear, like, band tees. And like I said, one of the things she's known for is using like rock and roll and like music uh, synced to her pictures and stuff. It's it's kind of part of her style, which I love. I like I said, I think Sophia Coppola is a fantastic director. Um, so I'm going to end on this quote here from Barry Hertz of the Globe and Mail. That's here in Canada. Telling a sitcom simple story with a frustrating lack of emotional and narrative depth. Coppola has produced a distressingly disposable film. And that's all I've got to say. Don't watch this fucking film unless you're a cinematographer with the fucking sound off.
0: All right, and don't listen to Chris because he likes to repeat himself. I'm also going to end on a quote. This is from Scotty fucking Vega. You're wrong, Chris. You're fucking wrong. (laughs) But that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at That one or email us, especially angry emails directed at Chris, because I would love to read these on air one day. And our email is at that at gmail.com. Thanks.
1: Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.